The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is the year of the tight end. I don't know if we're going to say it. No, you know, I feel like we're done saying yeah. that, right? We, the, we've fallen for that too many times. It is not never the year of the tight end. Um, it is 2022, and Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are first or second round picks then you got a big three after that it's a it's a fun year for tight i love tight end i absolutely love it if you don't require a tight end in your league i think that is such a cop-out oh my god it kills so much draft day strategy uh this is really a, a fun position on draft day i think even though it's kind of a lousy position at the end of the year and good morning to everybody adam dave jamie heath here to talk about the tight end position um guys how are you feeling about tight end? Heath, how are you feeling? You feeling my tight end enthusiasm? I um yeah, I think uh tight end is awesome. It's obviously this is the year it's going to be deep. And uh we have a lot of great late options. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sarcasm there. I don't want it to be deep. I want the the draft day conundrum, Dave, of do I go early? Do I yeah, do I go round four? It, there's a lot to think about, a lot to sweat. Sure. Yes. When do you grab a tight end? That is a question that has crossed our minds many times. And <laughs> I, I think one big key is knowing before you draft what the ADP is. Okay. You you should know before you draft, where's Kelsey going? Oh, he's still the top 15 pick. Where's Mark Andrews going? He's going late round two. Maybe you'll be lucky if you get him in round three. Where's Pitts? Where's Waller? Where's Kittle? And then after those five, if you like Dalton Schultz, I kind of like Dalton Schultz. You should know where he's going. And after that, you just kind of – you almost want to fade the position. You, you definitely don't want to reach for a tight end uh, unless it's a tight end premium league. Jamie, which tight end has been on most of your team uh, more, you know, more than anyone else? Which tight end do you find yourself drafting the most in the mocks and the real drafts you've done? The one that I've probably drafted the most is Zach Ertz. The one that I tend to look for the most – 
is probably Schultz. The one who I don't mind settling for the most is Cole Komet. When do we draft Kelsey? Round one. But where? Somewhere between... I, I think you're okay taking him anywhere between 10 and 15. Heath? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah. He's no, going 15th. I had nothing to add there. Okay, great. He's going 15th in, in uh, Fantasy Pro's PPR average draft position. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame game in just a little bit. I listened back to yesterday's podcast and the quarterbacks preview, and I thought, you know, we probably should have talked about some of the quarterbacks earlier in the show instead of just doing strategy, 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 and then get into the QBs. So we're going to do it a little bit differently today. I'm going to try a segment, never done this before, 15 tight ends in five minutes. And I don't know if we'll get to 15 tight ends, but we're going to try. So I'm going to say the name of a tight end, and you guys give me just a, a succinct sentence or two on how you feel about that tight end. Just for the, you know, because for example, I listened to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast as an extremely casual listener, and I listened to the position previews, and I really didn't know a lot of the guys they were talking about, or if I knew them, I barely knew much about them. So there are a lot of listeners who are in that boat, and they don't know what to expect from Mike Kosicki or Herb Smith or something like that. So let's give you just a, f- a quick sound bite on these guys to get you acquainted. Can I give some math first? Uh-huh. 15 tight ends in five minutes means 20 seconds per tight end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 20 seconds. Yeah. And you're going to say you... their name. So now we're at 15 seconds. No, that, it I... takes me five seconds to say a name. Can I give you some advice, Adam? Yeah. I asked Dave and Heath to give me uh, running back battles yesterday in 15 seconds. And five minutes later, we were done on 40. <laughs> no, I, I know these segments always run long, but let's give it a shot anyway. Here we go. What? Five minutes are on the clock. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, Dave. Best tight end of the game, worth a top 15 pick. Boom. Mark Andrews, Heath. Right behind Travis Kelsey and maybe right ahead of him. Anyone taking, is anyone taking Travis, uh, Mark Andrews other than Heath, anyone taking him as a top 20 pick? No. No. Okay, so Heath's the high guy. We should talk about things changing in Baltimore that help Mark Andrews. Oh, we will. Kyle Pitts, Jamie. Uh, potential to be the number one tight end in fantasy. Looking great in camp. Should be a third-round pick. I know, Heath, you don't agree with that real quick. I do not. <laughs> he should be a what pick? Fourth round? <laughs> I've got him in round five. Oh, Kyle Pitts. Okay, he's a round I'm three pick. I'm not drafting Kyle Pitts again. Uh, Dave, George Kittle. Kill's been a top four fantasy tight end each of the past four seasons on a per-game basis in PPR. That might be in a little bit of jeopardy with Trey Lance under center, but he's still someone that you should feel good taking in round five. Heath, Darren Waller. We'll see how much Devontae Adams hurts him, but he's right there in round five with Kittle and Pitts for me. Everyone agree with that? Well, with Kittle at least? He's ahead of Kittle for me. I think he's got a shot at getting plenty of touchdowns. Yep. He's my number three tight end. Okay. So does everybody have Kittle fifth? I do. Yep. Okay. Uh, Dalton Schultz, around six pick in ADP. Uh, Jamie. Me? Dalton Schultz, yeah. You're the Jamie. That that sounded like you said Dave. Uh, (laughs) But then again, I don't know exactly what you're saying, depending on the language you're using. (laughs) Um, uh, Dalton Schultz could be top five, could be top three. Clear path to targets with the injuries and the loss of Amari Cooper and said Wilson uh, should build off last year's performance. Dave, TJ Hawkinson. Not going to be quite as good of a target share guy as he was last year early on with the Lions. 
a reluctant top 10 tight end to draft. I, I do like that they've talked about his working with him on his yards after the catch. He fell down a lot last year, apparently. Oh, really? Clumsy. Uh, quick note on Hawkinson. He actually ran pretty deep routes, but his A dot was very low. He had the eighth most, uh, eighth longest uh, route depth among tight ends, but Goff just did not throw downfield. Dallas Goddard, Heath. Uh, should be number six. Sneaky breakout candidate. Might be tight end three. In the final nine games last year, after the Earths trade, he averaged 12.6 PPR points per game. And think about what the Eagles' offense was like for most of those games. And that was with only two touchdowns. Both from Gardner Minshew. Zach Ertz, Jamie. That's true. Uh, should benefit the first six games without DeAndre Hopkins there. We'll see what happens. What hap- We'll see what happens with everyone once Hopkins returns in week seven, but did very well with the Cardinals and should be a good late-round bargain. Dawson Knox, Adam. That's the only guy who likes Dawson Knox. <laughs> I still think he is a, too early as a round eight pick. If you're the last person in your league to take a tight end, Dawson Knox is a fine, uh, fine player with an opportunity for more targets, and he actually led all tight ends in goal-to-go route, r- routes run last year, so he is involved near the end zone. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, Heath. I wonder if there's a connection between him leading the NFL in goal-to-go routes run and Josh Allen being terrible in the red zone last year. Um, what was the name you said? <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? I'm skipping you. I don't like that. You're, I don't like that sauce. Uh, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, not basically uh, expensive Dawson Knox, not going to score as many touchdowns as he did last year. A uh, little worried that he's a bust. Actually, going one pick behind or one you know ADP pick behind. Um, right, I'm sorry. In our draft. In our draft, he's but he is going behind Dawson Knox. Uh, a few more here. Mike Kosicki, Dave. Uh, going to be a waste of a fantasy draft pick because he will be no better than third on the Dolphins in targets and is an overrated fantasy prospect. Also expected to block more this year. Uh, <clears throat> Cole Komet. That is from him and the coaches basically. Cole Komet, Jamie. Uh, my second favorite breakout tight end behind uh, everybody's favorite, Kyle Pitts, um, should be second on the team of targets, should find the end zone, and has a great opportunity to uh, be one of the best options for Justin Fields, second best option for Justin Fields, uh, and tremendous value on drafting. That is 13 tight ends. Everybody give me one more tight end that we have not talked about, that if all 13 of these guys have been picked, the next one off the board should be who, Dave? I will say David Njoku, who has the chance to be second on the Browns and targets, even without Deshaun Watson there. Nice short area guy for Jacoby Brissett to lean on. Clearly a good athlete, someone the Browns have no choice but to use, especially after they paid him as a threat in the passing game. And a good early schedule. To Sorry, uh, Heath. So Njoku for Dave. Heath? Tyler Higby, I don't know why everybody else hates him, but he's going to be a borderline top 12 tight end like he usually is, and he's shown us a four- or five-game stretch of elite production in the past. Maybe Sean McPhail decided to do that. You know, Van Jefferson's injury does open the door for Higby to be interesting at the beginning of the year. And Buffalo's secondary is beat up right now. That's who they play in week one. I, I just think, That just hit me. I think both of those like things if, could be different by week one, though. I mean, Jefferson could be back, and, and all three of the guys who are beat up, right, for the Bills, they, they could, could be, be playing. Back. They should it's be true. back, I it's would possible. say. possible. But if Van Jefferson's back after coming off of surgery, I can't imagine he's going to have a, like a, a huge role. I think Higby's getting more targets than Van Jefferson anyway. I don't understand he, he, he why might. Higby is, t- is tight end 22. I do not get it. It's really weird. Uh, Jamie, who yeah, if, if those 13 tight ends are gone, who should be next? 
I still, uh, even with the thumb injury, take Irv Smith. Uh, yep. I, I think there's offense is going to be fantastic. And what we were expecting from him last year, I think, will be amplified because of a better offense. Can I give one more? Can I give one more? Do we have enough time? Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we still have time. Because this is the guy I was debating with Najoku, is Gerald Everett. In Justin yep. Herbert's 32 career games, a tight end has hit 10 points in PPR 17 times, a 53% hit rate. If you think that sucks, the average success rate for a top 12 tight end was 49% last year. That's not so bad. Favorable schedule to begin the year. We'll never see double coverage. I think Everett is another good streaming tight end. I, I'm, I'm with you. I just wonder what these reports of Donald Parham really stepping up in camp. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. Oh, How I, much does that yeah. matter? I think it's interesting, and I'll tell you, um, Donald Parham was used a lot near the end zone. Jared Cook ran 323 more routes than Parham last season, and in goal-to-go situations, Parham was within six of him. So so like they basically, and they used Steven Anderson in, in near the goal line too. I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm not really feeling it with Gerald Everett. I, he's never been a good fantasy option. He was okay last year say. with Russell Wilson. And, and, and Hunter Henry and Jared Cook were not good fantasy options really uh, the last two years in, with the Chargers. It's strictly for streaming purposes. This isn't to say he's going to make your team amazing. He did average almost nine PPR points per game the last half of last year in Seattle, which yeah, is something. Fine. It's okay. He should have had more. He had a bunch of drops near the end zone, too. It's uh, just an opportunity. Yeah. If, if it's not him and it's Parham, then just take what I said, scratch out Everett's name, put in Donald Parham's name. Chris Godwin is practicing today. That's big news. There is there is more news to talk about, including the Broncos running back splits, uh, Matthew Stafford update. We're going to talk about that on the mailbag, which I'm going to record at noon Eastern on Friday. It's going to publish for the listeners on Saturday morning. Um, we're going to do that with Dan Schneier. Going to read your emails. Going to do some fantasy cops. Going to do Apple podcast questions. So stay <coughs> tuned for that. You've heard Dave talk about players being second or third on their team and targets at the tight end position. That is huge. We're going to tell you why in a little bit. We have to talk a bit about the Hall of Fame game and Josh Jacobs. But I also want to tell you about CBS Sports Fantasy Football Commissioner. We play all of our leagues, not all of our leagues. We, we play on, on all the websites. We play most of our leagues on CBS. And maybe it's because we're used to it. Maybe it's because we're biased. But I will tell you straight up, I find it so much better and so much easier to use and so much more uh, tools at your fingertips. The articles, obviously, but the projections. Um, you know, you can sort uh, the stats in different ways. Last four games, you know, all these useful things that you can use on CBS Sports. So you can customize your rules. It's great for Dynasty. We've got nearly a five-star rating in the App Store for the Fantasy app. And the advice that you're going to get is great on the app as well, obviously, from Dave, from Jamie, from Heath, from Chris Towers, and others. So please sign up for Fantasy Football Commissioner. Go to cbssports.com slash fantasyfootball to get a special offer when you start your league today. Seriously, if you can't stand the... The league, the, if you can't stand the website that your league is on, step up. Step up to the pros. CBSSports.com slash fantasy football and get a special offer when you start today. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame game. Dave, what's the big takeaway from the Raiders, Jaguars, Raiders 27, Jaguars 11? We're so used to not seeing starters play in, in the Hall of Fame game. And sure enough, when the Raiders took the field, there's Josh Jacobs as the lead running back for the Raiders. And at first, I was like laughing at it, like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're putting him in. But he a he looked good. And I don't know if he necessarily ran against a, a bunch of first stringers on Jacksonville. Jacksonville did have a bunch of starters playing, but I don't know if all of them were out there. Um, he caught the ball well. 
he looked good. He acquitted himself well, given the situation that he was in. And he played, I think he played into the second quarter. I know he played for a lot of the first quarter. He looked like a former first-round pick running back should look. But I was also encouraged by how the Raiders use their running backs in this game. Lots of dink and dunk throws to them. It wasn't just Jacobs catching the ball. Kenyon Drake had catches. Amir Abdullah had a catch. Uh, Zamir White played. He looked great, too. He had some catches. And so I wonder if we're we're underselling the Raiders running backs catching passes in the offense. Uh, and I don't know if we're overselling Josh Jacobs as a total bust. I think there is concern about Jacobs not being like a workhorse. I think that's going to be true. But the coaches kind of challenged him. Josh McDaniel said as much after the game. They they wanted to use the opportunity to get their running back some play in a, in a real full contact situation. And Jacobs, I thought, acquitted himself well. I'm not moving him up my rankings. Um, I don't know if I'm moving him down, though, either. I think he's someone that you can draft and think, all right, fair value at his ADP, which is right around end of round five, beginning of round six. My, my favorite thing uh, that I saw last night was, uh, and and Adam and Heath, you'll appreciate this, uh, Heath, mostly because you thought everybody died in the movie, um, but uh, the <laughs> if he dies, he dies line from Drago uh, about Josh McDaniels not caring about any of his running backs. Yeah, yeah, it's this meaningless game. Go out there, play. Who cares? We're not. We didn't. We didn't pick up your fifth year option. We don't need you anymore. Just go out there. Yeah, whatever happens. I guess. I mean, it was a stupid, stupid, stupid decision. Like, why? You want to give him a, a, a series? Fine. The fact that they played him two series just makes no sense. They have no concern or care about whatever happens to to, to their backfield. I think it's just a matter of, to your point, Dave. They want to see what they have, but. Eh. Who cares? <laughs> it, was a, it, was, I, it was surprising, yeah. Five carries for I, I, him um, and uh, two catches for Jacobs. So Brandon Bolden was the only running back who didn't play, right? Oh, he's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway from watching all that was I don't know if Kenyon Drake's going to be on this team or playing football anymore. He yeah, Zemir White's the second guy. Yeah, he and, and Drake, Hold I don't on. think Drake did catch a pass. In fact, I think he came off the field on third downs for Amir Abdullah. He, he left for part of the game he wasn't talking he, it looked like he hurt himself uh, he and then he came though. back in i don't know if he, he may not have caught a pass but i know that he played could they get by with jacobs as the first guy up zamir white as his backup and amir abdul as the passing downs back well Brandon if they Bolton can do that then they can get rid of drake assuming that he's not gonna kill their cap all right saves him two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so it's basically a they can yeah. pay him three million to play or play him three million to be on somebody else's it, team. yeah if that's going to be the case they might keep him Okay, let's uh, talk tight end here. Unless I can trade him. So here are some key stats at the tight end position. Uh, first of all, Travis Kelsey was tight end two last year after five straight seasons as tight end Slacker. one. Mark Andrews scored 90 more fantasy points than tight end three in PPR. 90 more. And that was Dalton Schultz was tight end three. In 2020, Travis Kelsey scored 136 more points than tight end three. So it's not always that way. In the previous four seasons, Kelsey outscored tight end three by 34, 40, 31, and 16 points. But the last two years, there's been a huge gap between tight end one and tight end three. Um, once again, so this this is the biggest thing, I, I, I think, for me anyway. Dave references it a lot. Um, you, If you're going to be a top five tight end, you have to be first or second on your team in targets. And the other thing is, there aren't usually more than five or six good tight ends, right? So mm. finishing tight end eight is usually not that that impactful of a season. 
I'm not saying it's useless. Somebody's got to start these guys, right? It, it helps, extra points. But there aren't usually more than five or six good tight ends in a year. And if, anybody disagree, if anyone disagrees with that, please feel free. That, that's true. That The first or second thing is mostly, right? And what first because you could just score a bunch of touchdowns and be a top five tight end and not be first or second on your team in targets. But it, like but it never happens except one guy in the last six years, and that was well, Robert Tunyon. Who scored a bunch of touchdowns? Are we talking per game or f- full season? Finish? Full season. So, so Dalton Schultz was third last year, and he was second. He was tied for second on the team in targets with Amari Cooper, with CD Lamb, and then Cooper, Zach Ertz was as well because he was fifth. So Zach Ertz was number one. He's an unusual situation because he got traded, but he led the Cardinals in targets from week seven on his first game with Arizona. He led the Cardinals in targets. So yeah, he was an unusual situation, but I I consider him part of this group. Um, yeah, the only tight end in the last six years to finish top five, and Heath is right to point it out, that's not per game, that's full season, and not be one or two on his team in targets was Robert Tunyon two years ago, one of the luckiest tight end seasons you'll ever see, and he was third on his team in targets, and he was only three targets behind number two. So I think it's a very important stat. Dave, I think you agree? Yes. Any uh, Heath, it's, you it's don't? one of many stats with tight ends that I think people should know about, but that's the first thing you think about when you're considering drafting a tight end. Can this guy lead his team in targets? And if not, can he be second on the team in targets? And, and if you if, and if you look at a guy answered. and you don't think he can do it, then you probably shouldn't draft him. And we would have answered unequivocally no to that last year with Dalton Schultz. The only reason he was is because Amari Cooper missed a couple of games. How close were they? That's a good question. They were tied. They were, they were tied. tied, but Cooper played two and a half fewer games. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's so, finding the loophole. No, it's it's fair. It's fair. I mean, look, I can't always, and I can tell you about tight ends and and the quality of the offense and how much that matters. But I can't predict how good an offense is going to be. That's harder than than it seems before the season starts. Right. So that's fair. But I think, and and the other half of this, the other half of this is that over the last four seasons. of the tight ends who have finished top five in PPR were drafted in round 12 or later. So that is, that's why we say great or late because you half of the top five tight ends over the last five years, including Dalton Schultz last season were drafted in round 12 or later. And so Jamie, when I combine those two stats, I think it's what you're going to say about Cole Komet. If I want, he may not be drafted in round 12 or later, but it's the same concept, right? It's a guy, he's going to be second on the team in targets, most likely. And those are the types of players that can have a surprise top five season. So that's that's what I look for when I draft a tight end late. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and, and look, it's it's a position that you can sort of put guys into certain boxes, right? Because unless things dramatically change for Komet, I don't think he's going to be in that eight-plus touchdown range, especially coming off the year that you just had. Right. But he's going to have to make up for it with, a significant amount of catches and yards, and he could do that in in the role that he's playing in the offense that he's in. Guys like Pat Fryermuth and Dawson Knox, and to a lesser extent, you know, I mean, Hunter Henry tied those guys for touchdowns last year. Uh, Henry and and Robert Tunyon, if he's healthy, if you're just looking for touchdowns late, those are the type of guys that could give you some big weeks because they could be multiple touchdown guys, but they're going to leave you a lot of empty weeks too because if they don't score you're not going to get a lot. And you can put Herb Smith in that category. I think he's probably closer to that than he is a big catch guy. I think you put uh, maybe Kyle Rudolph or Cameron Braid, who ends up being the tight end in Tampa Bay in that category. Um, 
And then there's the guys that just kind of, okay, I don't really know what to make of them because they could be significant in their offenses, but they're not going to be, you know, in the top two in targets. You know, guys like Gerald Everett, you know, who could maybe be a touchdown guy or could he, you know, just kind of be uh, a do-it-all type of threat. David Njoku, can he, can he, you know, survive with, you know, Jacoby Brissett? Tyler Higby, you know, where, where is he going to settle? You know, so there, there are certainly lots of ways to go about this. I think it's just a matter of once you get past, to me, there's 10. Once you get past Komet, it's just, okay, what, what's the best thing to help me on a week-to-week basis if I'm not playing the, the roulette game of just, you know, shuffling from one guy to the next? And so what's, and the, what's the answer there, Jamie? I'm sorry, but what's the, yeah. what do you look at after your, after your top 10 and 10 being Komet? Do you look at targets? Do you look at quality of offense? Do you look at, you know, uh, end zone role, that kind of thing? My, my 11th and 12th tight ends are Pat Fryermuth and Dawson Knox. So I, I'm, I'm leaning towards the touchdown guys, I guess, would be my answer. Because I think, again, you're looking at what they did last season. For me, I, I agree with Heath to a certain extent. Like, I think if, if Pat Fryermuth is being drafted as a top 10 guy, I would call him a bust. If you're putting him in that group of, and this is, you know, one spot, but 11 through 15, then I think that's kind of the range he should live. But obviously, it's the, the overall ranking as well matters uh Dawson Knox you know we we've we've talked a lot about this and I know Adam you know you you did a great job last year in pointing this out before his breakout uh stretch there of why don't I attach myself to a great quarterback if I'm looking for a tight end and he certainly has that you know so same thing like Dave said Gerald Everett you're attaching yourself to a great you know quarterback he's never going to see uh significant coverage because of the the role that he plays in the team that he's on so there are certainly things that, that matter that's why I like Everett I like Irv Smith I was kind of hopeful for Evan Ingram, but you know he's having a miserable game. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, so it's it's just a matter of I think what you're what you're looking for and what what's the most comfortable for you. But if you want discounted Pat Fryermuth and discounted Dawson Knox, you just take Hunter Henry and Robert Tunyon if he's healthy, and the production could be very similar. In Tunyon's case, it could be even better because we've already seen him do it once. He's, we've seen Henry do it too, though. Last year he had like nine touchdowns. Yeah, he did. And actually, I feel like Jonu Smith had a lot of targets near the end zone, but for some reason just didn't convert on them. So I was looking at some stats this morning. Because he sucked. Heath, do you, did you want to push back on any of this? I mean, again, the overarching thing is there, have, there has only been one tight end in the last six years who's finished top five. In, this is a PPR stat, by the way, because catches obviously are hmm. – you know, I'm sure it's different in non-PPR, but it's still – it's probably pretty close. Only one tight end in the last six years who's finished top five in PPR that hasn't been first or second on his team in targets. That was Robert Tunyon two years ago. And I know you can't push back on this. This is just a fact. In the last uh, four seasons, half of the top five tight ends have been drafted in round 12 or later. So using those two things, it's it's trying to pick the guy who is going to be first or second on his team in targets with a late round pick it might be kind of a breakout. I think that's good. I just think it's probably true, like... Dal- Dalton Schultz tied with Amari Cooper, Logan Thomas tied with JD McKissick. Um, like I, I wouldn't close to second. Is maybe I'd expand it to can this guy be close to the number two wide receiver or close to the pass catching running back? If that's the situation, it's a really weird situation to have a running back and a tight end second and thirds. So maybe that's a bad example, but I, I just wouldn't be too. And I, and I then I would also acknowledge that, like, could he be second, like Irv Smith? If something happens to Kirk Cousins, it's possible, or to Adam Thielen again, it's very possible. Irv Smith could be second on the Vikings in targets. Um, so is the is the guy an injury away from an older injury prone player from being second might be a value as well. But if I was looking at like the the late round or not drafted tight ends and saying who could be second, 
I think whoever is the number one tight end in Jacksonville has to be towards the top of that list just because of the offense they're playing in. Okay. You don't think they'll divvy it up too much between the two of them? Well, they divvied it up in the past, and Zach Ertz was still leading his team in targets. Okay. Uh, Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will answer some tight end questions, overall strategy, which tier do you usually draft from, sleepers, breakouts, busts. After that, we'll talk about you know, all these players. I think, Tra- I think Travis Kelsey, how about this for a stat? Travis Kelsey had 34 or fewer yards in four of his last five regular season games. And then he averaged 100 yards per game in three playoff games. <laughs> so is that a sign of things to come? Is he going to be a less consistent player at age 33? Um, there's a lot to talk about with so many tight ends. We'll get into it right after this on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's talk about strategy here. And let's start with Dave. What is your overall tight end strategy? Number one, I want to know what the ADPs are for each tight end. I already talked about that. Number two, I want to know if I'm if I if I covet tight ends. Do I want to not have to worry about finding a different tight end each week? Uh, do I want to try and have a positional advantage by having a tight end? Am I going to specifically target one of those? Uh, Jamie mentioned it. The first ten tight ends, I would probably shrink it to eight, um, or maybe even six. Like one of those first top six tight ends. Am I am I targeting that? to have a, a positional advantage over half my league and to give me fewer headaches when I go to set my lineup from week to week? Or am I okay with going to the waiver wire each week and streaming the tight end, playing waiver wire roulette like we like to say with tight ends? Once I, once I have a good understanding of the ADP and a good understanding of what I want out of my tight end, uh, I'm going to try and draft one simply at a fair value. I'm not going to try and steal one. If you try and wait on a tight end to get a steal, you're trying to get uh, Pitts in round five or Kittle in round six. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to have to draft a tight end at, okay, maybe it's a few spots ahead of his ADP. Maybe it's right at his ADP. It's a fair value. I want the position. I'm going to take it. That's that's basically the strategy. Uh, okay, but what, what, do you, what do you usually see yourself doing? I mean, are you in the top five group? Are you in the... I'm taking Kelsey whenever I've I, I try to take Kelsey, I should say, whenever I have a late first round pick. Okay. Whether it's taking him in round one and then taking the best available player in round two, or there's a player I can't believe who's there in round one, and I cross my fingers that Kelsey makes it back to me past the turn. Uh right. Andrews, I'm a little bit different on. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but usually if it's early round three, I'm in. I want him. Uh Pitts, late round three, I'm in. 
Waller, maybe late round four, but I prefer round five. I'm in. Kittle's got to be late round five for me. Schultz is in that six, seven range. Okay. Jamie, you're up. Overall strategy at tight end. I just want to give you uh, the results of a draft we did yesterday. It's half PPR draft. Uh, Adam, you're not in this draft, but the three of us were. And so Kelsey went at the end of round one to Dan Schneier, uh, pick 11. Keith with the second pick in round two, took Mark Andrews. Round four, with the third pick of round four, Kyle Pitts. That was right in front of me. I really wanted Ooh, That's late for him. Yeah. And then the first two picks of round five were George Kittle and Darren Waller. So you kind of get a range of, you know, to, to Dave's point about the ADP, you get a range of where they're going. Now, again, I think just based on ADP, Keith took Andrew sooner than we'll probably see him go. But obviously, Heath has a strong feeling about Andrew. So whenever you have a strong feeling about somebody, you know, always try and make sure you get the guy you want. Um, but I think these are kind of the ranges, you know, late round three, early round four for, for Pitts. Uh, round five, early part of round five for those guys. Then you go all the way down to round seven. And with the third pick of round seven, I took Dalton Schultz. Oh, well, so, that's how you know I wasn't in the draft, man, because there's no way he would have <laughs> made it to you in round seven if I were there. Uh, yeah, so, you know, you... Uh, uh, in full disclosure, I, I was um, helping the manager pick in front of me. Uh, oh, cheater. So maybe maybe that's where Schultz would have gone. drafting for him. <laughs> uh, but in any event. Um, yeah. Uh, so late round six, early round seven, you know, is, is the spot for Schultz? Look, I, I think it's it's pretty simple, right? It's Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are in ADP. They're round two picks. Don't be surprised to see Kelsey go in, in late round one. And then Kyle Pitts is round three. So, and then you have to ch- decide, do I want in on three, four, five? Do I want in on Pitts in round three, Kittle round four, Waller in round four? And maybe they make it to the beginning of round five. Um, one of them might. And if you're not in the top five, then, then you've got a tier, a clear tier according to ADP of Schultz, Hawkinson, Goddard. They're around six and seven picks. And that's what? That's eight tight ends. Um, and if you're not there, Zach Ertz and then a lot of guys who are not very proven. Um, yeah, I don't think there's one proven player in that. It, after that, Knox, Fryermuth, Kasicki. Kasicki is somewhat proven. Komet, Hunter Henry, he's proven, but you know, you know what I'm saying here. Uh, they're risky. And uh, you have to decide where you want to be. So Heath, um, you, you take Mark Andrews a lot. I guess that's probably your first strategy uh, is take him in round two. Is that right? Uh, it's pretty easy, I think. It's it's Kelsey or Andrews in the first two rounds. It's Goddard or Schultz in round seven. And it's two double-digit tight ends if I don't get any of those four. Okay, so you're out. You're just not willing to take Pitts, Kittle, or Waller until round five, basically. Right, and their ADPs. I mean, if, and I would take them in round five if they're there. It's happened once or twice, but their ADPs in the first four rounds. So assuming we're going by ADP... Um, and really, I should just say the same thing with Schultz, but since Jamie got him in round seven, I wanted to include him. He's got an early round six ADP. I don't, it's pretty much just Kelsey or Andrews or Goddard in round seven or double digits, but guys can fall. What about Hawkinson? You don't put him there with Goddard and Schultz? I would, but he and Schultz are going early round six. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. But do you, do you basically feel that they're all the same? I Those like three. Goddard a little more than Schultz and Hawkinson. Okay. Um, you like Goddard more than Schultz. Wow. Yeah. So how important is it to have a top five tight end? 
not quite as important as it is to have a top two tight end. But more important than having a top 12 tight end. <laughs> okay, well, then let me follow up with this. I know how I feel about this. When you look at Pitts, Waller, and Kittle, and they're being drafted in rounds three through four, are you? and that's in a 12-team league, by the way, are you more excited or nervous about them as a group? Pitts, Waller, Kittle. Are you more excited or nervous? Nervous. Excited about Pitts, nervous about the other two. So, and you I, said yeah. nervous, right, Heath? I said just nervous all the it, way. Is all that the way. not is that not extremely telling, guys? That we basically said nervous, almost you know, not you know, Jamie specified not for Pitts, but right. I mean that if you don't get Pitts, then for Waller, Waller and Kittle in round four, we feel nervous about that, Dave. I mean that is a huge takeaway to me right there, and I think people should be listening to that. So let's expand. I think it's baked into the ADP, uh, unless you're taking them an early round four. Uh, is that where do they? Jamie just mentioned. I think he said early round First five. First, picked the round five. Okay, that's where they went. That where they. So let me tell you I, where I they're going, like Dave. This. Hold on. Forty fifth for Waller, and um, a little earlier for Kittle. I mean, we're talking five to seven, seven picks. You know, the difference. Forty second for Kittle, forty fifth for Waller. I, I don't know exactly who was available when they went off the board. I'd be surprised if they were picked ahead of someone who had fallen, someone with around three ADP or something like that, just someone, just an obvious steal. Uh, but I, I feel like when you when you draft those guys, you're almost paying for, based on ADP, them being tight ends. And you're hoping that Kittle continues on to be a top four tight end on a per-game basis like he's been. You're hoping that Waller finds nine touchdowns. Uh, you know his target share is going to drop with Devontae there but you're hoping they can make up for it with touchdowns and you're hoping that they can both still be better than Dalton Schultz. Unless you've got serious conviction in Schultz, that's who's going there. And you, there's reason to be nervous, but that's also why they're not going in round three closer to where Kyle Pitts is going. Yeah, but is it baked enough? I don't know, man. Like, There's a lot of good players going in round four, right? We talk about that run of wide receivers. You've got Pittman currently forty first. Waddle. Well, here let, let me. I'll give you the draft. So you have it. Yeah, I know, but I don't. I don't want to use the CBS draft. I want to use ADP here. I got. I, I know how. Why we can't draft. we? Why can't we talk about both? Because here because I don't have an hour and a half. I mean, you talking? Then let's just do it quickly. You talking about Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf? Right now, it's DJ Moore. He's not anywhere near that in in our drafts. Travis Etienne, Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> so you want to reference the ADP, but then say it doesn't reflect our drafts? Because because what am I supposed to say? like? Pittman and DJ Moore are in this range in fantasy pros. Yeah, they're so never in this range. And they should, fly past these they guys should go ahead and start drafting for real. I think so, but I don't know that for sure. But but my that, point it's, is, it's a really good question: is whether our drafts or more are more representative of our listeners' leagues or ADP are? ADP. Oh, it's ADP. ADP. And since I mean, I think our drafts currently are more representative than CBS ADP, but it's catching up because there haven't been as many non-dynasty drafts yet. But if you're looking at consensus draft across multiple sites, I think it's probably consensus ADP. As I mean, you, Adam, you should probably name a wide receiver or a Mike running Williams. back and we'll tell you Mike whether they should go ahead or behind of Waller and Mike Kittle. Williams, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. William. I've got Waller ahead of Williams in PPR. Brandon Cooks. Ahead <laughs> of the tight ends. Come on. Uh, he's in the 50s in ADP. Travis Etienne. So is Mike Williams for, the, for that matter. Travis Etienne. Etienne. Uh, Etienne. Uh, he's another one who's sandwiched between Waller and Kittle for me. Uh, Chris Godwin. 
ahead of them. Godwin. Yep. Godwin. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. The tight ends. The tight ends. All right. Okay, let's move on. Um, favorite sleeper tight end. Let's go Dave, Jamie, Heath. No, no, no. Joke, no, I, I took all the good ones away from Heath yesterday. So, I don't care. I, 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 Nobody's I, going to choose mine. Go Dave, Dave, Jamie, Heath. Heath. Mine's last. Dave, Dave, Dave Jamie, Heath, favorite sleeper. Uh, for now, it's Najoku. Okay. Jamie? Irv Smith. <laughs> we did this. <laughs> yeah. Heath? I'm going to go with Tyler Higby. <laughs> I remember this segment. Uh, all right. Favorite breakout tight end, JB Heath Dave. Colt Ooh, that was a surprise. I thought he was going to say Kyle Pitts. Um, I'll leave Kyle Pitts for Dave. Dallas Gart. Dave? Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. All right. Bust. Uh, Heath, Dave, Heath, Dave, Jamie. Dawson Knox. Zach Ertz is a streaming tight end. Um, if Kaseki's a top 12 tight end, then Kaseki. He is. He's, I think, 11th. Yuck. Uh, that, those are, okay, we got some interesting names here. Dallas Goddard as a breakout. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say this for Heath here. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but if you look at regular metrics, <laughs> advanced metrics, and you compare Goddard to the two tight ends he's being drafted around, Hawkinson and Schultz, he crushes them. I mean, Hawkinson and Schultz have really bad advanced metrics. They barely make explosive plays. Goddard has a high dot and a high catch rate. He's just been statistically just exciting, very exciting. So I wanted to say that about Goddard. We also need to talk about Zach Ertz, Dave calling him a streamer. But let's talk about your breakout pick, Heath, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, and I, th- I think if he'd have had a normal touchdown rate and they'd have been a normal offense in the second half of last year, then I wouldn't be able to say that because Dallas Goddard would have finished much higher. Um, but they like obviously it was a weird situation last year, and then his ADP is being held down by the fact that A.J. Brown has joined the team. But I mostly subscribe to that theory that there are in, in offenses there are tight end buckets and wide receiver buckets, and so I think A.J. Brown's going to hurt Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith and – uh, Quez Watkins and whoever else more than he hurts Dallas Goddard. I would not be surprised at all if Dallas Goddard gets more targets than Devonta Smith and finishes second on the team in targets and top five at tight end. I knew you were going to say the thing about the tight end buckets, and I think it's really interesting. I thought about it before the show. I mean, I come prepared for arguments with Heath now. Uh, I do my notes. I, you know, I thought- you, could, you could think about the things that Dave and Jamie say often and come up with arguments against those instead of the things i say but i wasn't it's not just to refute it there there are times where i think i think it's absolutely right you know the eagles have been it was a richard rogers remember the richard rogers game right um i think the cowboys are going to be an example that you look at right where they just kind of evenly distribute their targets every year but i also think there are some examples of the opposite where a wide receiver gets hurt and a a tight end step mike kosicki is perfect Right, it's two years in a row. Yes, and with, with I think Kasicki's a good example Williams. because he played more wide receiver, and that's kind of what the the training camp reports that have been negative for Kasicki have been that they want him to play in line more. Whereas in the prior years, Mike Kasicki is, and he's even argued about it with his franchise tag. He's been yeah. a wide receiver who's being paid and and line, called a tight end. Yeah, he's a slot 
He's been in the slot. Yeah, but what right. I was going to say is his targets shot up two two years in a row when Preston Williams got hurt. Um, yep. But okay. Uh, no, I, I think there. I was going to say there are good examples of what you're saying, that the buckets thing. Um, Dave, Zach Ertz as a bust. I think he's going to be fine to start the season as long as Hopkins wasn't there. Last year without Hopkins, he had a huge target share. It was over 20% in Arizona. And I think it'll I think it'll be close to that even with Marquise Brown there. But when Hopkins comes back and if Brown's healthy, uh, I'm I'm worried about just how many targets he'll get. He might be a touchdown or bust type of tight end. Last year, remember Mar- Marquise Brown wasn't there last year. When Hopkins played, Zach Ertz's target share was 14%. So mm. I think he's a supplemental part of the offense when they're, they're healthy. When they're not healthy, he's a prominent part of the offense. He's going to be prominent for the first six weeks of the season. That makes him worth drafting, in my opinion, where his ADP is. But once you get to that midpoint of the season, Hopkins is back, Brown theoretically there. I don't, I don't know how good he'll be. I don't, know, I don't know if he'll get more than four targets a game. Well, he, he, won't, he, be, he, was, he won't be the second most target getter in Arizona. That's true. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a... That's a good point. He was Zach Ertz was from week seven on when he first played for the Cardinals. He was second among tight ends and targets. He was tied with Travis Kelsey, both of them way behind Mark Andrews. But uh, and he also had a ton of red zone and, and green zone targets, and he just couldn't convert on them. Uh, I just want to give one more Dallas Goddard stat that might uh, make Heath even more excited. Remember, I said Dawson Knox ran the most routes in the goal in goal to go situations. Well, Dallas Goddard actually played the most snaps in goal-to-go situations, but he was not even close in routes. He was not even top 10. But if they throw the ball a little bit more, he's always on the field, it seems, in those situations. So most snaps in goal-to-go situations for Dallas Goddard, but very few routes, unfortunately. Uh, All right, let's see. ADP, get into it here. Let's do Kelsey versus Andrews. Travis Kelsey's going 14th overall, and Mark Andrews going 22nd. Jamie, why do you have Travis Kelsey ahead of Andrews? I don't think we're going to see uh, any sort of downturn for Kelsey, and maybe we see an uptick in targets for Kelsey. The thing that concerns me about Andrews is the numbers that he put up with Lamar Jackson and without Lamar Jackson. And... I hope that's something that they realize is should continue is that they could make Lamar Jackson lean on Andrews more. And that probably makes a lot of sense when you lose Marquise Brown, uh, even as good as Rashad Bateman can be. And we'll find out what the run game is going to look like, you know, depending on the health of JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards and whatever they get from the rest of the guys that Greg Roman hates. But um, (laughs) I think Mark Andrews has proven to be the second best tight end in fantasy despite what he did last year. And until Travis Kelsey completely falls off the map, uh, I'm going to stick with Kelsey over Andrews and by the margin that he's going. All right, Heath, you have Kelsey one, right? But but you're high. I do have Kelsey one. I've, yeah. I've gone back and forth a couple of times this offseason, but yes, I currently have Kelsey just ahead of Mark Andrews. But you still are the one who's the highest on Andrews and you take him all the time and... You know, talk about that. It, are you concerned about those splits? Jamie just mentioned it. The numbers with and without, uh, with and out, with and without Lamar Jackson. His 17 game pace with Lamar Jackson. I'll just give the targets: 136 targets. His 17 game pace without Lamar Jackson: 184 targets. He went from a 23 percent target share to a 29 percent target share. 
It's simply this. He averaged 14.4 PPR points per game last year with Lamar, 22.3 PPR points per game without. 22.3 PPR points per game without Lamar Jackson. All right, Heath, what's your reaction to that? Do you care? And It's a little bit of an Amon Ross St. Brown thing where we're like, he can't be as good as he was in the second half of the year. So now he's definitely not going to be like, I agree with that. He's not going to get 184 targets for sure. 136 seems pretty reasonable to me. I wanted to look and see what I had him projected for 137. Um, that was with I them just, throwing a lot, though. So that's where where are you right. on that? Where are you on their offensive splits? I have them at 500. I know over 500, 526 pass attempts. And I don't know what their pace was in the first half of the season because I know Huntley threw more than Lamar did. Um, but 526 is really pretty close to in the middle of what they did two years ago and what they did last year. Okay. I cut you off, so I'm sorry. Keep going talk about Mark Andrews. No, I just I think part of why I have Andrews higher is because I'm not as certain about Pitts as a round three pick. So I see a pretty big gap between those top two and everyone else, which means I see a pretty big edge in having Mark Andrews. I don't know, like I've got him projected for 93 catches, 1180 yards and nine or 10 touchdowns. Um, I don't know that that's too outlandish or that far removed from what everybody else would expect. I think I just have a bigger gap from Andrews to everyone else. I've got Kelsey 14 points ahead of Andrews, Andrews 43 points ahead of Titan three. Gotcha. And Lamar Jackson, by the way, was on pace for 584 pass attempts in his 11 healthy starts, taking about the four pass attempts he threw against Cleveland. Um, so 584 for him. He, they were throwing so much last year. And he may start off on that pace they again if Dobbins isn't ready. See, right, that's the right. point that I really wanted to make because I've kind of poo-pooed Andrews all offseason. Like before the offseason or before training camp, I'd say there's, there's no way the Ravens are going to be a pass-heavy team. Well, if Dobbins isn't ready to go or if Dobbins isn't right when he is ready to go, how, how effective can their running backs be? And if that's the case, that means they're definitely going to throw more. They won't be dead last in the league in pass attempts per game. They're going to start throwing a little bit more. That helps Andrews. And I mentioned Andrews averaged 14.4 PPR points per game. What the hell? You wouldn't take that from your tight end if it wasn't Travis Kelsey? That's 1.4 PPR points per game worse than Kelsey was last year. So if this running back conundrum continues in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. I think that raises Andrews' profile quite a bit. And then what Heath is doing uh, is, is making a lot of sense. I'm going to fire a few quick questions at you. Would you guys take Stefan Diggs or Travis Kelsey? Kelsey. Kelsey. DeAndre Swift or Kelsey? Kelsey. I'm going to say Kelsey. Kelsey. Mm, Jamar Chase or Kelsey? Chase. Chase. I think I'm taking Kelsey. Ooh. Okay. How about Mark Andrews or CeeDee Lamb? Lamb. Andrews. Lamb. Mark Andrews or Leonard Fournette? Leonard. Leonard. This is a fun game. Yeah. I <laughs> will say Andrews. Everybody else say whatever name. Can Adam we says. find a player that Heath will say over Andrews? How about uh, Yeah, there's there's uh there's eleven of them. <laughs> wow, you have twelve. How about Devontae Adams or Mark or Devontae Adams or or a tight end? Kelsey, Kelsey. Adams, Andrews. Both tight ends, then Andrews. Then Adams. Okay. It's just because his last name says Adam in it, I think. 
for Heath. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jamie, I know you got to go soon. Let me ask you this, Jamie, and we'll we'll let you run. You could easily be late in the first round, have the tenth pick, eleventh, twelfth, whatever, and your decision is: Do I take Kelsey in round one or Pitts in round three? That's what ADP suggests. You're not guaranteed either of them to be there. Uh, Kelsey is going fourteenth. Pitts is going thirty-fifth. So basically, the very end of round three. What do you think is a better strategy? And I'll tell you some of the running backs you might be able to get late in round three. You might be able to get David Montgomery. Cam Akers is 36th. Antonio Gibson, Jacobs, Dobbins. You know, it's not great. But the wide receivers are maybe a little bit better. Pittman is there. Um, Deontay, Jalen Waddle. So what do you think is a better strategy if you have a late pick? Kelsey in round one or Pitts in round three? The only way I would pass on Kelsey uh there and it wouldn't be with the hope of getting Kyle Pitts it would just be passing on Kelsey would be if there's two or three players that I have ranked ahead of him that have already you know uh, that other players have gone in front of those guys so like we've seen some drafts where Devonta Adams is the third receiver taken um, which puts the chase down or even in some cases Jefferson down or there's you know uh, this is probably may- maybe a little earlier in the process but where Alvin Kamara goes in the first round and pushes, you know, uh, one of those receivers down or a different running back down. Um, so that's really the only situation where I would probably pass on Kelsey. But if if I'm picking as early as 10, 11, 12, uh, I'm probably taking Kelsey. And and that highlights another point, like just looking at ADP, for me at least, and I don't think it's true for these guys with Pitts, but his ADP is 34th. If I pass on Andrews early in round two, there is not another tight end based on ADP that I can draft until Dallas Goddard. Like every other tight end that the next six are going before I have them ranked. I'm just going to say that, uh, you know, just to have this debate. I mean, I, I, I have no problem with Dalton Schultz in round six. He was the third best tight end last year per game. I think he was fifth or sixth. But his current ADP is 59th. Oh, is it? I thought he was around six pick. Uh, I okay. <laughs> He's got the 59th highest ADP, but his ADP is 65th. That's a it's a pretty big difference. I mean, between round five and round six, you can't six. count on getting him in round six. Now, I'm not taking him in round five. I'm willing to. I think it's even a bit of a reach to, to, in round six. You know, because because he isn't a great football player so far from what we've seen. But he's in such a great situation. He's in a great yeah. situation. I mean, they lose 165 targets from just Cooper and Wilson alone. And then now you have two of the three guys that they were hoping to replace those guys maybe out for the first few weeks of the season. Yeah, I'm willing, so, I'm willing in round six, guys. I'm not willing to take Dalton Schultz in round five. Is that how I know he's well, I not- mean, look, again, you know, it's like how Heath drafts Andrews. If there's somebody that you want and you're looking at the board at that point, like why would you not take him? Oh, I'm not going to take him because it's five picks too soon. Like that's just stupid. Well, there are a lot of good players in that range, but... Well, that's a different story. But I mean, if, if that's the guy you really covet... Especially if you don't want to dip your toe into the Goddard Ertz, Goddard Hawkinson Ertz pool, or you know Komet, and then the, certainly the guys after that. Why would you not take the guy that you want? Yeah, no, Jamie's exactly right. You don't. If you're at the five six turn, you don't get a shot at Hawkinson or Goddard. They're going to be gone before you pick again. So you're just deciding yeah. like, do I want to stream tight end or do I want to take Dalton Schultz here? All right, so if I'm at the 5-6 like turn... It's like pick 5.8 or 5.9. I think that's where the concern comes in, you know, where it's you're not right at the turn, but you're closer to it. Right. So, yeah, if I'm at the 5-6 turn, that means I have an, a late pick, 
right? Right. It's the end of round five. Right. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, yeah if I have to look. That, you know, two, two, or th- two of the three managers after you have already taken a tight end and you, you yeah. risk it. So you got to look at the roster. You always got to look right. at the roster grid there. All right. I got to go. See you guys. All right. All right. Later, Jim. I wanted to talk Let's a little bit more about. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> ah, the- yeah, throwback. I want to talk a little bit more about Kyle Pitts. Seems like Dave is higher on Kyle Pitts than, than Heath is. Uh, last year, 1,026 yards, most ever for a rookie tight end. He did do that in 17 games. Um, they didn't throw the ball that much down the stretch, and he didn't have all that many targets, but he, he finished pretty strong. You know, the offense is obviously concerning. <laughs> but, Dave, make the case Very. for Kyle Pitts and why you're okay with him in, in round three. I'm okay with him in round three because I think he's got a chance to – let me see if I really want to say this. Oh, say it. Okay, I don't really want to say this, so I'm going to say it like this. I think he's got the chance to be the tight end with the second most targets in the National Football League this year. I think he's going to obviously lead Atlanta in targets as long as he stays healthy. And I I feel like the blueprint for what Arthur Smith wants from his offense has been laid out. He's got all these big dudes. And so I'll take the big dude. The big dudes tell me that they've got a quarterback who isn't pinpoint accurate. All he has to do is throw it up and let the guy make a catch. It's literally what Desmond Ritter did every time he threw in Alec Pierce's direction at Cincinnati. So if if we're going to bet on a big dude in this offense, why not bet on the big dude who's the most explosive, who's got a year of experience, and who may not see double coverage as much as he did last year because there's other big dudes in the Atlanta offense. I also think Atlanta's a team that's going to have to throw more than they want to. I think they're going to trail a lot. Uh, I don't think their defense is particularly great. Meanwhile, their defense has been dominating their training camp because their offense hasn't been so great. But Pitts has been good. And I like the numbers that he had last year without Calvin Ridley on the field. His explosive rate was higher. His yards per route run was higher. His target rate was higher. His catch rate was uh, 1% lower. But he got more targets per game. Makes sense. I think that he's going to be in a position where he can utilize his explosiveness. He'll be a top target in the red zone, whereas he wasn't last year. And he'll come through with, uh, you know, probably higher numbers than he had last year in terms of catches and yards and more touchdowns because how do you only have one touchdown? He's going to get more. It might be five. But I think he comes through and finishes as his top three tight end. I'm willing to bank on that. And if I'm wrong on the tight ends and he actually goes up, then he's got a chance to be number one. Okay, Heath, why are you not taking Pitts until round five? If you give Kyle Pitts a 4.3% touchdown rate last year, and I didn't just arbitrarily choose that, that's Marcus Mariota's career touchdown rate, and you would not expect a rookie quarterback to be any better than that, then he would have scored 4.7 touchdowns. Let's call it five. So you give him 24 more fantasy points for the year. He would have been tight end eight. He would have been the same number of yards. What's that? Same number of yards and catches, but with just five touchdowns. Just give ends. him the, a normal touchdown rate. All right. So we're just, all you're doing is adding four touchdowns the way he did last year. It's 24. Right. I'm points. just saying that the touchdowns were not the difference between Kyle Pitts deserving his ADP last year and not. Okay. Had he scored a normal amount of touchdowns for Marcus Mariota's career, he still would have been tight end eight behind Hawkinson, behind Schultz, um, behind seven other tight ends. I am not convinced that the Falcons with Mariota or Ritter, two very much more mobile quarterbacks than Matt Ryan, are going to have more pass attempts. They might have more dropbacks, but when those guys get in trouble, they're going to take off and run. So I am not certain that the pass volume is going to go up. 
I think the quality of his targets are going to go down. And I don't think the touchdown regression is enough to get him into the really to be certain that he's a top five tight end. Okay. I think people are just hoping they have a blind faith, right? Sometimes you have blind faith. I I, think that's what it is. I should have started with this. Kyle Pitts is an incredible athlete. I'm very excited for him. He's my number one tight end. And if he busts again this year and finishes tight end eight, he'll still be my number one tight end in dynasty. I can't wait to see him get with a good quarterback and maybe a different offensive coaching staff. But for now, the situation is just too concerning for me. And I, I would, I could probably get on board if it was round four, but man, two rounds ahead of Kittle and Waller who were, no, it's so not two. Much. It's not two rounds. It's like on. It's like uh, a round. Cause okay. Because I've got him in round five, but they're actually going in round four according to ADP. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Round. And I think I'm he's sorry. only about being just technically speaking. I mean, this is not. This is actually pretty important, right? Pitts ADP is thirty fifth. <clears throat> Kittle is forty second, and Waller is forty fifth. So they're all within ten picks of each other. Okay. <sighs> I was thinking more about our drafts, but yeah. Yes. Pitts was number six in just raw fantasy points scored among tight ends last year. Yeah, he was 12th per game because the touchdowns. Because the touchdowns really hurt him, but he still scored the sixth most over the balance. But he would have been eighth per game with with five touchdowns. Touchdowns have been a little more normal. Okay, yeah, I I've basically come to come to the point where if you told me Mariota was going to start 17 games, I'd be fine with Pitts 35th overall. But Ritter scares the hell out of me. This wasn't even a good He's quarterback play for class. Sure this yeah, year. I know. You know, 100%. this is a bad quarterback class, and I don't want any of these guys in there. So, he, unless they're surprisingly good, um, Ritter scares me for Pitts. Can I give you one other reason why I think Pitts is getting pushed up? Because I think yeah. there's trepidation, and I think we kind of proved this when you asked us about whether or not we were nervous about tight ends three, four, and five. Yeah. There's trepidation about Waller being what we're used to seeing from Waller. There's trepidation about Kittle being what we're used to seeing from Kittle. Man, it's and I such think a that, shame, Dave. I, for, I think for me, that's what pushes up Pitts a little bit, too, is that I'd rather take the chance with Pitts where there's clear upside and he should be the number one target on his team than wait around and, and worry about the risk of downside with Waller and Kittle. You could avoid all of this yep. by just taking Mark but, Andrews in round two. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's definitely this, true. Or Kelsey in round one. Yeah. Think about think or, about all the or Dalton Schultz in round six, seven. Well, yeah. Dallas think about Goddard. all the Heath makes an interesting all the players. For it's been such a good offseason for for Kelsey and Andrews. Not only did their teams trade away the number one wide receiver on the team, but Kyle Pitts' situation got worse. Darren Waller's situation got worse. George Kittle's situation got worse. Dallas Goddard's situation, unless they throw the ball a lot, got worse. They added A.J. Brown. T.J. Hawkinson, I don't know. I mean, they drafted Jameson Williams. We don't know when he'll be there, but Amandre St. Brown has emerged. Hasn't gotten better. Schultz has gotten better. His situation has gotten better. Zach Ertz's situation has gotten worse. So that's that's definitely something you need to consider when you're looking at one of those two tight ends, uh, those first two tight ends in round two, according to ADP. Um, and it's such a shame with Kittle and Waller because these guys are such tremendous players and maybe they can overcome it. Dave mentioned it earlier. George Kittle's been a top four tight end in non-PPR and a top three tight end in PPR on a per-game basis four straight seasons. Heath, you wanted to say something? 
I was just going to say that I, I may need to look at Kittle and Waller a little more just because of the tight end buckets argument. But I mean, with, with Kittle, it's more of a concern about Trey Lance than it is about yes. competition. For yeah, targets. we need to talk about this. I'm glad you brought this well, up. Well, we, we, uh, we are an hour and two minutes in, so we should talk it. about this it. This is worth it. But I do want to get to a lot of other players. So go ahead. on. Yeah. Kittle with Trey Lance. He only played one game with Trey Lance starting last year, and Kittle had two targets, one catch uh, on 23 pass attempts for Lance. I got but, something better than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's discouraging, right? It is. They, they played 99 snaps together. Kittle was targeted nine point. He had he would he had a nine point one target per route run rate. He had four targets on ninety nine snaps. Now this includes running plays. He's not going to get targeted on a running play, but only four targets, one end zone target, one catch for twenty nine yards. And uh, there have been reports that Kittle might be asked to block more. There's been some concerns about how the offensive line is going to be in San Francisco. So that could be problematic for Kittle. And when Lance played any snap last year, the 49ers threw the ball 45% of the time. And there was a report that just came out today that there's still a little bit of trepidation in Trey Lance as a passer in San Francisco. He's had an up-and-down camp. We've talked about this. These are the things that make me want to put Dalton Schultz ahead of George Kittle in my rankings. I did it before this offseason, and I changed it back because of Kittle's track record Mm -hmm. because he's just found a way to be top four in points per game. But you think about Lance as a detriment. You think about how Brandon Ayuk has started to step up in camp. Debo's going to be there. I think I might make the switch again and and, and move Kittle down and move Dalton Schultz up because I just, I don't think I want Kittle on my fantasy team. It could blow up in my face, but the more that I'm just talking about it now makes me realize that I I don't, I, I, it makes me realize that I don't think I want to spend a round five pick on Kittle anymore. And that I, if if I'm in round six, I might take Schultz. I think the target per route run rate will be better. I think he'll get more catches. Uh, He might be the better bet to stay healthy for 17 games too. All right, let's let Heath get in there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just saying, like, I felt a little inconsistent with the tight end bucket thing with the Pitts, Waller, Kittle thing, but I don't, I don't know that you can rank Dalton Schultz ahead of George Kittle and then say we're just going to ignore the numbers with Kyle Pitts because he's so good. Like, the difference between Kittle and Schultz talent wise is a, a, a mountainous yeah. gulf. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about a mountainous no, golf. No, it's a mountainous golf. I think it's, that's... It's, no. Well, can you be a mountainous golf? golf? That's mountainous oxymoronic, golf. isn't it? Yeah, mountainous yes. golf. Um, it, it's a, mountain, it's it's a golf that is so large that it has mountains pick, in it. It's still a golf. It's still a golf with mountains in it. Let me hit on a few other subjects here. Does anybody feel any excitement at all about TJ Hawkinson this year? No. Mild. Yeah, and that, that's when I draft him, it's usually I'm when I draft Hawkinson, I'm usually doing it where I feel like it's kind of a bargain, and I think the fact that the Lions added some deep speed can help Hawkinson, especially when you consider that Jared Goff does seem shy about throwing downfield. Now defenses have to respect the speed of DJ Chark, and when he's healthy, Jamison Williams. That should open up things underneath for Hawkinson and St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. I think he's going to be more of a tight, of a touchdown needy tight end than I'd like to admit. But I, I also think he can get in that five six target per game area. Yeah, I don't mind him at his ADP. That's round six. That's before Dallas Goddard. 
Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I, I take it late, back. If his ADP is round six, I, I yeah, I you should be excited about back. your round six pick, right? All right, yeah, so I'd rather I'm in round seven, eight. Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, Waller, Schultz, round six, Hawkinson, round six, Goddard, round seven, uh, Ertz, round eight, Knox, round eight. Way too early, right? Way too early. Way too early. Pat Fryermuth, round ten. Mike Kosicki, round ten. Thoughts there? Nope. nope. I'm waiting. Nope, nope. nope. Cole Komet. Hunter Henry, Irv Smith. Comet. I like Comet. And we're in round 11 now, right? I I think round 12 or 13, actually. Yeah, Comet and Irv Smith. That's a, a, a dynamic duo of unproven tight ends. Comet has done like almost nothing. Right? Is there any number that looks good for Cole Comet other than his targets? I think he had more yards than Pat Firemuth last year. He had a lot more targets, didn't he? Uh, actually, I don't know about that. But but correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Cole Komet does not have a good statistical profile. I I don't know no. that that's necessarily or, true. Okay. okay, go ahead. He's a second year tight end who had 612 yards as a 22 year old, or a third. I mean, he's a he's a second round pick, former second round pick who had 600 yards as a 22 year old. I don't think that's bad for a tight end. But in terms of most, you know per per target per route that kind of stuff, he's. Pretty bad. He has not been inefficient yet at. Or he has not been efficient yet at all. I would right. agree with that. I'm just saying most young tight ends are bad. Sure. Um, Noah Fant, David Njoku, Alberto. I have not drafted any of them once all year, and I've got to go. <laughs> I've right. drafted Njoku in our pick by pick series where we draft 15 rounds of players. I will find ways to find a second tight end onto my bench late in drafts for now. Nujoku is that tight end. Evan Ingram was that tight end at one point. And then all I got skeeved out over all the camp reports. I, I had someone who's uh, an observer of Jaguars camp. Tell me, I, I said to him, he's had three drops through like five days of camp. Right. And he goes more. And so wow. like when Jamar, Chase was he, dropping passes, when Jamar Chase was dropping passes, right. I really wasn't worried. Because I knew how good of a player he was in college, and I figured there's no way he's going to keep that up in the pros and have a high drop rate. I've seen Evan Ingram screw up enough times to be yeah. wary of drafting him. I'd rather miss out on him than tell people to take him in round 14. And Albert O, it's not really clear that he's well ahead of Greg Dulcich or anything like he's that. He's not. So, yeah, He's not. And I loved Dulcich coming out. Uh, he reminded me of Kittle when he was playing at UCLA. But... the. We've seen the track record of rookie tight ends. Maybe Pitts and Firemuth made some inroads on that mm -hmm. to say that, yes, rookie tight ends can contribute. But I, I think Dulcich is one you pass on on draft day. And if he ends up having a significant role early on, then you grab him. That'll change if he's clearly taking on playing time with the ones. He takes over as the main guy. He's making great plays. All right. Uh, he has awesome hair, by the way. Yeah, I'm awesome. sorry, Dave. I got to uh, let me, I just, you need to go because you have HQ. You don't want to hear about Greg Dulcich's I do not. hair. Robert what Tunyon, about his mustache? Robert Tunyon averaged five targets per game in three games without Devontae Adams. And that's actually significant because when Robert Tunyon has gotten five targets, he has usually come through with a big game. Uh, we hope he's healthy for week one, but it's Tunyon, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas has been top eight per game two straight years. That's if you remove the game where he played four snaps. Uh, Austin Hooper, Cameron Brait. Um, any interesting names there? Hooper's interesting, but he might not be any better than the number three target getter in an offense that doesn't love to throw the football. 
Over the last three years in Tennessee, that's where Hooper is now. Tight ends have caught Hooper. 32% of their touchdowns. So he could be a good streaming option to catch a touchdown. Who do they play early on? Um, Tyler Higby, I don't understand why he's so low. I, he finished very strong, including in the playoffs before he hurt his knee and couldn't play in the... Did he play in the Super Bowl? I forget. He and Uzama both hurt their knee. One of them didn't play. He did. I don't think he did because uh, it was Kendall Blanton. Yeah, right. So Higby was... ended up having a pretty good role. And he apparently has had a, a very nice camp or offseason or whatever. Uh, Titans start off against the Giants, then the Bills, then the Raiders, then the Colts. That's not so bad. Well, Maybe week one, is, week one is great. Yeah, week one is great. Bills are very good against tight ends, though. If um, they're healthy. They'll be healthy. Come on. there's have got a month before the season starts. They're going to be healthy. All right. That's it for today's show. We got a month still? More than that. We got a month more of preseason games before the season? Oh, shit. Ships. 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 Wow, that was weird, Dave. All right, we're out of here. I don't know why Dave is wearing what he's wearing. Yes, Mike Evans left with an injury. We'll talk about it on the mailbag show that you're going to hear on Saturday. Um, Thank you so much, everybody. Later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.